Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And we are back for another episode of On Culture. Welcome back. My name is Mike Sherman. I'm joined by Trey Herwick. Trey is the pastor at Refuge Church in St. Charles. How are you doing, Trey? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me again. Yes, yes, it is my pleasure and the pleasure of the vast on culture audience numbering in the hundreds. Literally uh, dozens of us. That's not <laughs> literally, uh, literally dozens. And uh, so today we're going to talk about um, peace. It, you know, typically we, uh, in these podcasts, we talk about the piece that, that dropped uh, the week that we were recording. Uh, and it, this one's peace and it's alter, peace and the alternatives, I think I ended up calling it. And uh, just talking about what is it that we pray for when we pray for peace, if we pray for, we're, we're told to pray for peace and be peacemakers. So what is it? What is that? Um, so first, let me start. Uh, and I know, Trey, you've been doing, you know, a long series in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And mm-hmm. so blessed are the peacemakers. I'm going to get there in just a second. But first, I want to talk about war. Okay. Uh, you know, because we're in this moment of history, there's war in the Middle East. Probably, you know, quite likely it's going to get a little bigger before it gets smaller. You know, we're sort of uh, tossing missiles into Yemen and into Iraq and Syria because they've been tossing missiles at us. Uh, of course, Ukraine has been at war with Russia for over a year now. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah. And so it's a lot of war. I mean, I think we got used to a period of time where it wasn't as if there wasn't war in the world but it wasn't war that sort of touched us in a sense. And so that's, that's part of like the first thing I want to talk about is we, we say, Oh, there's a lot of war, but there's been war. There's been a war in Africa and been more in Asia. It's just, they didn't really impact us in any way. And these wars do for various reasons. And, um, and of course we're, we're against war. We don't like war. Like you don't like war, right? Trey. Uh, yeah, I do. I do not. I do not like war. Yes, I do not. Okay, that's the correct answer. Okay. I'm worried there for a second. Um, and so we're all, in a sense, at least theoretically anti-war. But often it seems like we think about war or we're anti-war as war is an abstraction, actually, right? Um, you know, when, when you know Hitler rolled into Poland and Europe and when... Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. Um, we were, we had war thrust upon us. It was this honorable war to fight uh, because the war wasn't an abstraction. It was actually happening. Mm. And now we look back on that war because, you know, we watch whatever, you know, old people specials on TV about World War II or whatever. And w- our lives go on. Mm-hmm. as they always and ever did. Mm-hmm. And so we think of war as an abstraction. And do you think that's right? And how do you think, what impact might that have on us, do you think? Yeah, that's, uh, 
I mean, that's an interesting thought. Uh, I surely it is it is easier. I mean, the people that I have talked to who are veterans, I don't know anybody that hates war in in honest moments who hates war more than mm-hmm. somebody that's actually been a part of it. Um, right. But uh, when it doesn't fully affect us, and that was what, what you said earlier, uh, we're anti-war, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not fully sure that we actually are anti-war. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, as far as a Christian theology of war goes, and I don't know if you want to get into all that. I, I don't even know that I have an answer for that. Um, but mm-hmm. I think we feel like there, there is a there is a general part of the populace that would maybe even suggest that war is the answer. It, it may be the last mm-hmm. answer, but it is it right. is the answer. Um, and uh, it feels like we have a longstanding policy in the Middle East that pretty much tells us that the more we interfere, the messier it gets. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know what the answer is there either. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's this this. Uh, yeah, we're we're anti-war, war being an abstraction. Good people are anti-war unless we're for it. But that's also sort of an abstraction. Like we should do this. We should attack them. They attack us. Here we are sitting in the middle of America. Our lives change. Not at all. We're not serving. I mean, our youngest son is in the Air Force, but thankfully he's stationed in Utah. Um, And it's just this, it's like a lot of issues. I think that we talk about politically, it's like another political issue. Sure. By which we accuse the other side or by which we burnish our own credentials. But it it seems like it's the same sort of thing. And I don't want to go down too far this road, but you know, one of my longstanding convictions is for many people, environmentalism is a, an abstraction sure. and, you know, fighting poverty is an abstraction. And, you know, cause we, we're the same people. We do the same thing. We live our same lives and we're not actually engaged in any of these things. And that would, you know, the question is if we lived in Eastern Ukraine and Russia invaded us, I mean, nobody's asking, are you anti-war? Uh, because of course they don't want this war, but it's thrust upon them. It's either that or be subjugated, raped, pillaged, and whatever. And that's I I think it's this whole sense of treating war as an abstraction, I think can corrode how we view it and the enormity of it. And then maybe we treat peace as an abstraction as well. Maybe. So um and this may this may be taking a sharp turn here but i uh, i'm wondering how many things total in our lives are yeah. are yeah. totally in the in the hypothetical um yeah and most uh, i think many things especially yes. now um I, and i just got mm-hmm. I, I was listening this morning to uh how to know a person. I don't know if you've read that by David Brooks. Um, I haven't read it yet. No, I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's fantastic. But what he talks about now is how lonely we are um, and how purposeless we have become. They, they did a survey 
of college students in the 60s who they went to college because this was part of meaning and purpose and meaningful work. Uh, and then 2018, mm -hmm. the most common reason to go to college was for making money. And that is kind of where, mm -hmm. like where we're at right now, the most common reason that students go to college is to make a good living for myself. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But how the less we are actually involved in people's lives, the more we treat everything like abstraction. And he even says how many people are involved in politics in general, because it feels like you're doing something. It feels like you're making a difference. It feels like you're actively involved, even though you're really not, you're not really doing much, but it feels like this is where I take the moral stand. This is where I make a difference. And yet we are totally isolated, um, very much alone, uh, not having very many friendships, but we kind of live out. And the more we can get outraged against those people and define whoever you want yeah. to define as those people, then the more moral yeah. we are because we have no, yeah. and I'm going to use this term, but we have no sense of, of cultural morality. Uh, and I don't even fully know what I mean by that. I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say, uh, tr a traditional morality. I'm I'm talking somewhere like where we actually value people. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah. and even other people, people are, are another abstraction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we we other other people. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think I think um, I think my next embassy piece is going to explore this topic in some way, dealing with. Uh, you know, the whole Alistair Begg uh, controversy, contretemps. Uh, and basically, we got a lot of theology bros who treat theology as an abstraction, and I'm afraid, potentially, God as an abstraction. Yeah. That, you know, we are the good people, you are the bad people. The, the people struggling with real life, needing real life counsel, that's difficult and that requires nuance and whatever. Yeah. We don't even, we don't care about them really. Uh, it's just what is right. Who are the right people? Who are the wrong people? Yes. And so I'm going to, let me just kind of, let me just, that's a, that's a teaser okay. for, for now. Okay. But I, now I want to come back and say, okay, okay. that We've established that's okay. a trend. So what does it mean for us to, we treat peace as an abstraction yes. or an idea or something we think is good and want to identify with it. But, okay. Um, and so when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, what does he mean? Ooh. You think? Um, so uh, it's been a year since I preached on that. Uh, so I'm going to have to reach back into the handbag there. Uh, mm -hmm. Here's something that I found interesting in, in when I did, when I studied for that. Um, zealots were obviously they were considered the devout jews right they were the um they were zealous they were always the one the, the romans hated them they were always causing problems always protesting always ready to go to war ready to fight uh and um they called themselves the zealots the nickname that the zealots had for themselves was the sons of god hmm. so jesus says blessed are the peacemakers for they will mm. be called sons of god mm. um and you really kind of put that into the cultural moment of that day 
and you see what Jesus is calling out. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that is peace as an abstraction. I mean, in, in the in the the greater aspect of the world, and surely Christianity has fallen into this. I think uh, self care that is more along the lines of self indulgence, um, that is not necessarily mm-hmm. like being in the presence of God or letting the peace of Christ dwell in us richly, but but self care that is about um, uh, yeah self indulgence. Um, giving myself whatever I want, uh, and, you know, looking out for number one, YOLO, all that stuff. I think that is the world's version of kind of peace as an abstraction where I, it's no longer me for the good of the world, which was kind of a general morality. Obviously there were outliers in that, uh, in communal thought, but me for me, and I want to have my, I want to do my own thing. And I think for Christians, I think this is where politics can come into play and nationalism and all that kind of stuff. When we start thinking the world will be at peace if we just get all the right people in office and we have the right, uh, you know, we have the right leaders. And if everybody could just uh, do the way we think they should do, then, then there would be peace. If everybody would just agree with me, uh, then, then there would be peace. I, 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 uh, yeah. And I think that's a general presumption by Christians. So it's a very self focused sort of thing. It's a very, uh, I determine what feels like peace to me. Sure. Uh, And it mostly is going to have you going along with me and me having what I want. And, um, well, right. But did, did Jesus probably used the word shalom, right? When he said, blessed are those who make peace, right? Uh, it's possible. I, I mean I know mm-hmm. that's the know. that's the Hebrew yeah. word for peace and I that I don't remember that I it, it's very possible yeah. I well I don't know that we know that because all we have is a translation right right so, right um, but but you know this sense that the word shalom means more than uh, a smooth life it means more than uh, absence of war or absence of conflict it yes. means something positive it's wholeness negative, right yeah it's wholeness mm-hmm. um, and uh, if you look at all the movements that have slipped into Christianity, uh, and I, I don't, you know, financial peace university. I, I don't want to dog it, but like there's a there's a huge thought that financially, um, I mean, how many financial things do you see that have the Christian label on it? Uh, of a, uh, and yeah. it's about it's not about sacrificial giving or loving our community it's about achieving a certain level of financial independence Comfort. and we kind yeah. of yeah and i think that's that goes to your point of me peace means i feel peace yes uh, and i don't want to feel tension or anxiety <sighs> and the opposite the opposite of that is peace and so blessed are those who make me feel less tension and anxiety i don't think that's what jesus meant (laughs) right so getting real uh this um you you can always use the edit button if you need to on this one but uh 2014 um when the uh protests and riots were happening in ferguson uh and i had friends that Mm -hmm. were out uh doing ministry in the streets late at night usually the daytime 
protesting was very peaceful. It was very, it was active, but it was peaceful. But then mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember this where every morning you'd wake up, like I'd wake up in the morning uh, or sometimes halfway through the night and just check Twitter. And there were a few people I were follow mm-hmm. I was following on Twitter and, and they were looking at live updates. Um, and uh, I remember the general, the general uh, attitude on uh, on Facebook, I guess it's just social media in general. Mm-hmm. From my St. Charles friends, was always like, mm-hmm. why can't we just get along? Why can't we? Yeah, why can't we just? Have why peace? do they have to right. keep doing this? And and there was right. a um, or or some of them were, were even like those people need Jesus, and mm-hmm. um, right it it had no interest in what was actually going on there certainly certainly mm-hmm. there were belligerents acting you know in the crowd there i think that's been proven that people from the outside were coming in and causing mm-hmm. it sure. everything to escalate during the night uh but we didn't ever dive into that we didn't ever look further we didn't take a moment's notice but i'm sitting over here on the other side of the river and honestly it's not really doing much to me except for a maybe sure a bad look on you don't watch the news our region right. um but i yeah. felt tension and i didn't want to feel yeah. tension this right. is not this right. is not right and it was and yeah. it was the bad people make me feel tension that's right. why they're bad right right or yes. the people that are in desperation or the people that have uh you know actually have a reason for protesting or for you know for speaking mm-hmm. out yeah. on something um and uh and I don't want to feel that. And I think there's a general right. thought like where I look at myself and go, I would never do that. I would never. Yeah. Right. Um, well, right. Because we're not because fa- it's an abstraction. We're not really facing injustice in any sort of the same way. Just like, you know, would if I lived in eastern Ukraine, would I be at war? Well, probably it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to necessarily. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, you know, because the, the alternative is not peace. It's, you know, yes, subjugation, injustice, and so on. Yes. And so how do we, some level of addressing injustice, the wrong has to be considered before we have what, what is wholeness, what the positive element of peace is. Yeah. And let me let me then take a turn a little bit and with that same idea and then just like interpersonally in our relationships with one another. Okay. And I used the example in the article of a home where there's not peace. Yes. And, you know, just just kind of try to smooth things over, stay there, smooth things over and be a peacemaker is one uh, strain of advice that that is often given or has often been given it was probably given more in the past um, it, you know that what what is really peace in a home what is really peace in a relationship isn't simply mm-hmm. always the absence of conflict in fact sometimes conflict is necessary to address what the barriers to peace are yes what do you think about that yeah um that is uh well and, and just weaving it all back all all of it is complicated very complicated 
right? Mm-hmm. If you're a pacifist and yeah. another nation invades your country, you're probably no longer a pacifist. You know, you you, you realize the, right. the nature of that. Um, and then when that gets really personal, uh, or or shoot, from my perspective, pastoral, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there has to be there has to be a measure of interference. Um, and I have so many uh, thoughts on that. Uh, we actually, um, we did a marriage, uh, just a, we, we came in to speak at a, uh, a retreat just to do a one night question answer with my wife, uh, like a panel thing. Um, and one couple, this was out of town. So it's, it's nobody, uh, that, that I, I don't even remember who they were, but they had basically, they said, we got married and we basically became roommates. Like we don't, we don't ever have any conflict. Um, and we actually told them to blow their budget at some point and go on a, on a big vacation. And, um, that there has to be something that actually almost forces a level of conflict in their marriage because no conflict means that you're, you're not being honest, uh, or you're indifferent. So from that perspective, um, the absence of conflict in a marriage can be bad. Like if, if it means maybe you're just not communicating or talking, um, and which is the flip side. And uh, oh, the guy, the, the marriage guy that's out of uh, Seattle or out of Tacoma, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget his name. It's probably going to come to me in a minute. But he, I remember he wrote statistics, the a healthy marriage. Gottman? Gottman, John Gottman. There you oh. go. He yeah. wrote uh, statistics for a healthy marriage. Um, nine, and this is a little dated, but it was like nine good times to four bad times. Or, or so, nine yeah. good times to five bad times, something like that. So uh, he, he said, obviously, if it's 20 bad times to five good times, that's not, that's not healthy. But if it's nine mm-hmm. good times to one bad time, then somebody's not telling the truth. But that mm-hmm. a healthy amount of conflict is how you get to know each other. When that becomes um, oppressive or when it becomes injustice or when it becomes violence, then there has to be interference. But I also think the goal of that interference is critical, that the goal of that interference has to be restoration or reconciliation, not just passivity, not uh, so yeah. the old argument yeah. of if a, if a husband is beating his wife, um, you know, are you telling me that I should just, uh, go back and, and take it? And I thought Kathy Keller, Tim Keller's wife gave an incredible answer on that. And she would say, no, you don't tell her to go back. That's not being the helper that God created her to be. Um, that's, that's not good for him. It's not good for her and it's not good for relationships. So if, if you're being abused, call the police, but do it, do it for his good. Um, interfere for the good of the relationship and for the good of of the partner, um, don't just go back and take it because that's not healthy and that doesn't work toward restoration. Um, And just like all of these things, there's there's nuance. There's not a recipe. Right. There's not a formula. Like, for instance, uh, if we're in a relationship and you, you know, inflict some petty injustice on me, um, I'm good at that. You know, there is, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Petty's, Petty Injustices is your memoir uh, title. There we go. Working title. Um, 
so there's some there's some level at which you know there's a proverb you know it's you know to your credit to overlook an offense like there's some level of i don't need to make every hill the hill to die on i don't need to correct every injustice this is i'm going to let this go i'm going to have some grace toward your imperfection and say okay whatever and then for some people that morphs into a lifetime of saying that always yes uh, and never, you know, letting everything go, nothing rises to the level. Then there's the other end of the spectrum where everything must be litigated. Every argument must be pursued until there's a victor and a vanquished. You know, every disagreement must be adjudicated. And, and so somewhere in the middle of that is some appropriate level of peaceful uh, relationship that isn't perfect. Yes. But it also isn't isn't you know uh, unjust to the point of causing harm or breaking peace in a significant way, and it's diff. It takes a significant amount of health and self awareness to know where you are on that spectrum and where you should be in your relationship. Yeah, yeah, and that's really good. Um, and and I think the only you're right. There's not a formula. I do think there's an element to where we can look at what is the end goal when we um when we confront issues when we confront an argument mm-hmm. is it there, there's a great line from batman begins where um uh where bruce wayne is walking out of the restaurant and he encounters rachel dawes and and he's like you know i'm just back in town uh uh, you know, bringing some justice. And she says, justice or vengeance? And he's like, what's the difference? And she says, mm-hmm. um, she says, justice is about harmony. Vengeance is about making yourself feel better. And I've, mm-hmm. I've loved that line. Uh, and I do mm-hmm. think when we confront something to be aware, am I confronting this to make myself feel better? Or am I confronting this for a measure of harmony, wholeness, shalom, type of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is this something I can let go? Uh, if it's going to, if it's going to seethe in me, then obviously, no, it's not something I can let go. I need to explain, Hey, this hurt me. Mm-hmm. This, that when you said this, it hurt me. But I also think sometimes when we say those things, um, if, you know, if I, if I inflict an, in, uh, a petty injustice and, and it was, I was having a bad day or, uh, you know, it wasn't, necessarily calculated it's just out of my own insecurity or out of my own fear and then you were Mm -hmm. to say hey trey when you said that uh that was hurtful and that Mm. gives me then the opportunity to go yeah "Uh, you know what you're right i i was that i didn't that was a throwaway comment i didn't Mm -hmm. mean it or i wanted to make you feel Mm -hmm. bad because i was feeling this or and it gives Mm -hmm. the opportunity oftentimes when we when we over communicate in those ways for people to make amends to actually go uh, you know, to, to say, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't mean it as hurtful, or you're right, that was hurtful, and uh, mm-hmm. I felt hurt, you know, and then opens those lines of communication. Uh, and how yeah, hard... Yeah, because what we often do, especially... Go ahead. Well, I was no, going to say, what we often do in the is. church is, is, yeah, is we... I don't say that. You, you, you inflict another petty injustice, you know, three days later, I don't say anything. And then we just drift apart and, you know, our relationship withers because, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's this guy 
and and that's not peace either no I mean, it, that's that's not you know so what you said is you know it, to say something even if it is hey when you said that that was hurtful that can be peacemaking yes uh if it is said from this intent and this heart of restoration and wholeness and let's clear away what needs to be cleared away in this relationship um or it could be yeah i'm just lashing back out or something and you know jesus is saying blessed is the one who values wholeness and harmony in this relationship and who will seek it and not somebody who will either lash or run away yeah neither of those is peacemaking yeah, but I think Christians run away a lot. So, and that's that's I, that, I think that's a great distinction: peacemaking versus um, simply passivity. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, versus antagonism, or avoiding conflict, avoiding conflict, keeping it on all on yourself. And even there, as you're talking, I was like, maybe this would even be, you know, hey, yesterday at church. Uh, I I looked over and was going to wave to you and you just walked by like I wasn't even there. Was there something there or am I reading into that? Mm -hmm. Like that takes intense. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, and then the other person more likely than not is, oh my gosh, no, I didn't even, I was, I'm sorry. I wasn't even Mm -hmm. my, I was so focused yesterday and I had this going on and this going on and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but when we let that, seethe in resentment bitterness Gottman talks about the four horsemen of a in a uh, in a marriage but but really in any relationship um the four horsemen that that come in it's and it's like bitterness and resentment when we have not dealt with those things we haven't had the courage to actually say hey when you said this 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 hurt or i took it this way or, is that what you meant um but we mm-hmm. are very 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 passive aggressive in a lot of our, you know, I mean, what's the most passive aggressive thing you can say in the, in the South is bless your heart, you know, uh, bless your heart. Yeah. which bless is basically, his, no, it's bless his heart is even, you're not, heart. they're not even in the room. Right. Uh, oh, well, sure. Bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody what knows means. what that means. Yeah. You're cursing them out and you know, the, the most pleasant way possible. Um, yeah, and so I think that's like, what is peacemaking? What am I praying for when I'm praying for peace? Kind of getting back to now the grand scale of when I'm praying for peace in the Middle East, when I'm praying for peace in Ukraine, you know, what am I praying for? Mm-hmm. I don't even really always know. Like, I don't know how to get there. And I'm not really even asked to know how to get there. You know, us Americans think uh, of prayer sometimes as, you know, we have to, pray for this thing we want this sequence of events to happen and that's what we're going to pray for that'll lead to peace when we don't have a sequence of events that will lead to peace necessarily but we're praying for peace and we're just leaving it in in his hands and that's you know that's a posture of that we might sometimes have in a relationship where it's beyond our ability to reconcile but we can pray for peace and whatever god's going to do we're going to submit to that um i just think that's sort of a dependent and it feels like a powerless place that we in the American church, we Americans, we don't like that. Mm. Like we want to, we want to make it happen. We want to just say, you know, I've just heard so many 
people say, well, we ought to, we ought to stop that war in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just or too- we need to stop that war in Israel. Like, we, like as if we could, as if we, we, even America could, we don't have the ability to do that, but it feels like that's what we want to do. If we, if we enact the right policies or make the right statement or do this or do that. Um, and again, I think we're back to that. Just, I'm saying that because it makes me feel better because I don't want to look at pictures of dead people on the news. Yeah. 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 And I think, uh, I, I think you really hit on something there. We want, um, I mean, in America, we've never actually by and large, uh, at least you and I and, and, and the predominant people that we would talk to, um, we've never been really in positions of complete need. Um, Mm -hmm. We always have some elements that we can control and, um, and the thought, especially of war. And and I mean, you think about the careless thought that I've heard, I've heard Christians say, and I, and hopefully prayerfully, they're not actually thinking out what they're saying, but you know, you just drop a bomb over there and that'll fix everything. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that's, that's a horrific statement if we really stop and and think about it. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we've often said um, that, uh, yeah, the, the, that peace is not the absence of conflict. It, it is the presence of Jesus. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, but, but even there, that's, that's a fairly abstract statement. What does that mean? Uh, we, on a, on a daily practice, and I think this, goes, this starts personal and then goes um, out from there, but on a daily practice, I think meditation is something as Christians, when, when we think meditation, we often think Eastern meditation and Eastern meditation mm-hmm. is more often than not kind of taking yourself out of the world to experience, you know, at oneness to experience harmony with the world. Mm-hmm. But Christian mm-hmm. meditation is, it is the words of Paul in uh, Colossians of letting the peace of Christ dwell in us. Uh, and when we dwell deeply in the promises that of in the promises of Jesus in um, the presence of Jesus. Uh, it's not that we are removed from the world to feel peace. It, it's that the presence of Jesus is dwelling in us, even in the conflict of the day to day, even in the conflict mm-hmm. of what's going on in the world. And there is a mm-hmm. measure of, of trust um, that, and here again, how do we work this out exactly? I don't know, but of a trust uh, that the world is not outside of God's control, um, that there isn't a magic formula somehow written into every fifth word in the book of Revelation, that if we do this and say this and have this person with this many letters in their name, get him in office, and then, and then you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not some kind of formula that we can manipulate, um, but we we believe that that, that God is sovereign over the world and then as we dwell in him that we bear the image of jesus to the world um yeah so it's not something that we're making happen yeah we're controlling we're manufacturing it's something in a sense we're asking seeking and submitting to let me just sort of i mean i think that putting we're back sermon on the mount again um you know, the Lord's prayer, 
is, uh, uh, you know, submitting to your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, mm -hmm. is this thing that we pray for with no, no way to make happen. But yeah. the prayer is, is submitting to how God will work this out and submitting to being a part of his solution to these things in the world, not knowing ahead of time what those things are. Yeah. And I, th that's when we pray for peace, that's in a sense, I think what we're doing, yeah. what we're called to do. And, and the confidence that, that one day he will fully yes. do this. The, the, the more that we come. believe yeah. it's on us to make peace, that's when things get dangerous. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, that's right. because I, we'll at take the one, at, at the end, God will bring peace yeah. and that he's the only one who can bring it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, let me let me uh, let me land the plane there since we're yes. we're over thirty five minutes and okay, um, you know you've got you've got things to do I'm sure in the in the world I mean if you don't you should pretend you do until we're done recording. super busy because I'm super um, important got lots of stuff to do exactly there you go exactly exactly so I appreciate uh, this discussion there was a lot more that we could say mm. but I do think. Uh, we'll probably land the plane with this sort of pondering of what does it mean for me to be a peacemaker in a non-abstraction way but in my actual world and my actual relationships my neighborhood workplace home uh, responsibilities and what does it mean to then submit to him you know to pray for peace and to seek peace in areas that I don't control yeah um, and so with that encouragement to us all uh, grace and peace have a great week Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.